0: Everybody, it's Ben and Rob from Rise.TV. We have something super interesting to share. In an uncovered document, we found there are some incredible stories related to what allegedly took place in the Montauk Project, a.k.a. Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, and it seems to directly relate to alternate timelines. Could this even change our understanding of space and time? Believe it or not, this document discusses reptilians and how they are trying to control
0: time of course they are ben and if that wasn't weird enough for you we're also going to talk about (laughs) skinwalkers and a strange story we heard that will blow your mind so tune in as we dive deeper into these topics plus don't miss our live q a only on rise.tv so we'll see you out on the edge
1: And by the way, if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep reaching more people and make this awesome content for you guys. And please subscribe to our channel as well uh, if you're watching this on any of our social media platforms.
0: How you doing, Ben?
1: Good. Pretty good. It's been kind of a crazy day, but
0: <laughs> yeah, all these reptilian abductions, how could it not be? Yeah.
1: Seriously with that too. Um, you know, I, and like, Hey, okay. You know, I know there's like, when you're talking about reptilians, there's a lot of people on both sides that they can kind of get extreme. Like, Oh yeah, really? You know, these things really exist. And then there's other people that are like, no, they really do exist. So I, I just find this topic super
0: fascinating, whether it's true or not. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, the way I, I look I, at it, it's sort of like all right, just take a step back for a second. The the like if Bigfoot really exists, if Which you've gone too. if you've gone through the process of like anyone at home, gone through the process of of accepting that there could be potentially some things walking around in the woods that are not normal animals we're aware of, then why not? Right. I mean well, anything it could be,
1: right? Yeah, and actually, the one of the new series that that we're going to be working on after we publish our Garden of Eden series is an actual, uh, legit reptilian or lizard man, as they sometimes call them, uh, sightings. And these, so I was like, I've been doing a lot of research into credible newspapers, like there are actual reports in newspapers um, about people seeing these things. So it's not just like you know someone saying it on some internet thing or post or whatever, you know, there's actually a lot of credible evidence and photos and things to back it up. So it kind of got me on this, this weird trip looking at through all this stuff. And then it led to, uh, the Montauk project and, and, um, and I just thought, wow, this would be a really cool topic to kind of cover. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and then, of course, this kind of leads to like uh, like skinwalkers and everything else. And and like you said, you know, I think I think the other thing is, too, there's so many weird things that can't be explained that people have seen in our world. And, you know, and I think that science, what'd you say
0: that shouldn't exist that or that people exist. didn't think still existed even. Great. And I, I mean, think, yeah, Ben, bro, like uh, 150 years ago people had these like mythological stories about dragons. And all of a sudden someone starts digging up dragon bones and then a scientist starts calling them dinosaurs. And we're all like, okay with dinosaurs now. I mean, we don't know. Like there's so much we don't know. I mean, that's just a, a, like a really good example of what the heck is out there. You know,
1: the other thing that I really found going through old newspaper clippings is that, Let's just about a hundred years ago this was not abnormal to talk about strange, weird things or, or seeing strange things. Um, you know, like whether it's like skinwalker kind of thing, some kind of like lizard man as the as it, literally it's called, or wild beast or something, or or walking a walking beast. And and it's like people were more likely to you know, it's like now if 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 someone comes out with this, which would, wouldn't be in now, it wouldn't be in like mainstream stories, even even though the South Carolina lizard man is is gotten more mainstream. But it's like now if, if media kind of puts this stuff out, you're just instantly like, oh, yeah, this person's just making it up or whatever, you know, without even really looking at the story. But back then it was way more like people didn't think about those things. It's just like, Oh wow. If the media reported on it, then it's true. (laughs) So it's, it's an interesting way of looking at, at these things, looking at these old reports and how they were being even reported. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like, there's a lot of strange things that are out there. And, and, you know, now science are very The scientific mind is very quick to judge these things. Oh, well, you probably just imagine this in your mind or this isn't true, or you're remembering something or from a movie or maybe like an old dream that you had. And it's like, you know, blah, 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 like whatever it is. So there's a lot of different aspects to this, but, um, and, and actually speak. So before we like jump into everything with the Montauk project and everything else, actually, um, a friend of mine, she was telling me, so she lives in Texas and she owns like a really big ranch in Texas actually. And her father actually got on the phone and was describing what he was. I like
0: where this is going already. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So he he got on the phone to like, try to explain to me what they were, what he saw. And, you know, being in Texas, they, they see a lot of like illegal people like crossing over and, you know, they're in their land or whatever. So he sees this man walking and I, and like he saw him with no shirt on. And she saw him with a shirt on. It looked like he had like longer black hair. And he was walking in a distance along this like fence. Well, so he, he, he was like, okay, I took my car to kind of like, you know, just go up a little bit to, um, to try to talk to him and, and tell him like, Hey, you know, you can't be here. And he even grabbed, they grabbed their guns and everything actually.
0: trespassing like, issues. Yeah. Right? So that's what they, they assumed.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, they kept an eye on him. And then when they got over to the other side, it's like, he was like hundreds of yards from where he should be. And he said he was just walking at a normal pace, yet he moved as if he covered a huge amount of of you know in a short distance, like covered a long distance, or in a short period of time covered a very long distance. And so from what i what I've like heard about Skinwalker, and then on top of that, they they see him. He crosses the road. He goes on the other side, disappears. Like they couldn't see him anymore, and this black beast literally comes out of of the forest. And she's like, I, you know, I, I
0: couldn't well, okay, see. Okay, wait, wait. But what does yeah. the beast look like?
1: So that was that's what I was asking. Right. And they he said look I, I i know all the animals in the area and i've never seen anything like this and he's like i can't really describe it too well it was just this black hairy beast that looked bigger than it should and it was like i think it, the legs was like a little bit bigger and he's like it's not a bear wasn't a coyote or anything else did, did he and then just it just like did,
0: did what it resemble a wolf or like a dog man was it or are we talking about like wendigo did it have like
1: yeah, you know, to be honest, I, I'm it was like they couldn't really get a very, really super clear
0: okay. um, thing enough.
1: of it. And all I could say, he's he, from what I remember him saying, it was like something very, it wasn't an animal that they know, it wasn't like it represented a, uh, like a, um, like you said, wolf or coyote or a bear or anything. It was like very, very different. And you know, and then, then he starts remembering like, all the skinwalker things and everything else. So, um, very interesting story. And so from what I know, of skinwalkers and I know you and John have been kind of co- talking about this a lot too, but you know, and watching the next Netflix series too, who Netflix has this new like unsolved mysteries show, it's actually pretty good. I would highly recommend it. But one of the things I noticed is that they can it's like they they I don't know how to explain it, but it's like they 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 move almost through time. It's like it looks like they're just walking normally, yet it's like they're 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 covering great distance, and and it's like you you keep thinking that they're gonna start like running, but they're not. But it's like they're going like it's like they're walking normally, but covering really like great distance in a in a quick way. Have you have you encountered anything?
0: you know anyone. there are well so there are stories in history um that describe this ability which is really interesting and the sto- like this there is a couple of stories about Sakyamuni using supernormal abilities like this where no matter how f- no matter how f- um, fast people ran to catch him he just used his abilities to walk away and they couldn't catch him kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've heard about that, but what's interesting is that seems to allude to more of a skinwalker or a werewolf sighting because werewolves. So werewolf, oh, man, I've really dug deep into this and there are different categories of wolf men. I'll call them. Some yeah, I have
1: I've, I've found this out too actually. Some yeah. people
0: call them dog men, dog men. Mm-hmm. Some people call them wolfman, some people call them werewolves. But actually werewolves the are a category where a man is turning into a wolf, right? There are mm-hmm. reports of seeing clothing folded and and tucked underneath a uh, like a, uh, a downed tree in the forest and and then the and then the clothes will be magically be gone a few days later you know and and so they'll go into the forest they'll take their clothes off they'll tuck them under a stump and then they turn into a werewolf go do their thing for however long and come back to their clothes um but there are also apparently just a species of wolf man out there that doesn't necessarily require an amulet or some type of magic to change it's just always Mm -hmm. in that form Mm -hmm. and there's lots and lots of interviews of people that have have seen that actually just today this is really interesting ben i haven't told anyone this just today i reached out to one of my navy seal friends and i asked him about i sent him an interview and i was like have you ever heard an army guy describe this and he said he listened to the interview and he said a couple of my friends who had never lie to me, told me they saw really strange things like this or the Jersey devil. In yeah. The war. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Now these I are, agree. these are like, these are military guys, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, now there's like, so I was saying like the different, different kind of like species and stuff like that. But, um, but what you described sounds a lot like, a werewolf, or more likely, a skinwalker. And a skinwalker—that's
1: kind of what I'm more thinking too.
0: The reason why the Native Americans, from my understanding, won't talk about it is because it just it freaks them out too much. When you start talking about it, they potentially become aware of you. But what it's supposed to be wow. is a uh, shaman who's cultivated himself up to a very high level in the magic arts that can they they take they decide to take either. One of one two of paths: two. one to be righteous, or one to not be righteous. And the ones that that turn out to try to use their powers for evil actually end up becoming these like skinwalker things that people are reporting on seeing. Very interesting. And if that's true, if that's true, what you're looking at is we're we're talking about someone who's got a command over some type of abilities, whether they're using sacrificing to get them black magic, whatever it is, right? And then they're like changing into these things. Now, do I necessarily believe that? I mean, I've never seen one personally. I'm just telling you what has been reported. And I think, you know, anything is possible. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I I don't, I don't believe I've seen, I've seen a lot of crazy things, but I don't believe I've seen anything quite like that, but I have um, heard them described in that way. It's like, like I said, they, they move but yeah it's like they're moving way faster than they should but they're still just walking at normal speed and and um and all these like strange things like this and and the Net, that Netflix series actually provides some very interesting evidence actually of how almost like something coming through a portal that's just like appearing and and they they caught it on camera actually so it's very fascinating you know, and what's weird what, dude
0: that's what? really weird because um okay, the Native Americans have a lot of different lore, right? Mm-hmm. And just today, I I actually took a trip out to Bridgewater, Massachusetts. And so I went into the woods to start looking for stuff, <laughs> which sounds kind of weird, right? But I went to a couple of different places. One was the Asinette Ledge, which was like the Free Free Town Ledge, where there's reportedly a woman who haunts the ledge and the granite that's on the ledge. It like, I'm, t- I'm just you know, I kind of get hits on stuff sometimes, and and I'll look mm-hmm. over at you, you know, when we're out, and I'll be like, dude, do you do you feel something here? Because I'm feeling like this is really weird, like that ledge. There's something weird going on there. You immediately feel like you have vertigo when you get on the ledge. And it's not just because it's a cliff, like there's something else going on there. But anyway, some of the stories in these woods, in the Bridgewater, which has tons of sightings of different things. The Native Americans have talked about these things called wagas and these things called pukwudgies. OK, they're little people. And they that. they have, they claim, the Native Americans claim, that these little people actually appear through these portals near these monument rocks that they set up. And so what you're describing in this Netflix Unsolved mystery series has been talked about for centuries by the Native Americans, by the yeah. Wagas. And the Wagas, these, these, these little people, are said to have taught them, when, when the Native Americans walked over on the land bridge, this is covered in um, some of these episodes, by the way, you guys. So If you haven't watched these, check them out. And the Wagas walked over I'm sorry, when the native americans walked over the land bridge from wherever uh, asia into um, into the, the you know america there uh, they were said to have been it was a, still a glacier over here in the, in the in north america right and so like the the area of the haccamox swamp where they're said to exist they remember the time when when it was still a glacier over there and everything melted down and these wagas apparently taught them how to work the land what things that they could grow and eat and all of this stuff. And then the wagas were like, it's time for us to disappear. They set up these rock monuments and they disappeared. What was so weird about today's trip, Ben, is there was a wall in the middle of this Hockamock swamp where the rocks were, I can't even show you on screen. I'm talking about these rocks were hundreds of pounds. All the native American walls that I've seen in the, New England are always these the Native Americans built them, they're rocks that a human could hold and stack these rocks were massive rocks that were like hundreds of pounds that would be extremely difficult to set up for a long distance and they were there stacked just like this wall going through the Hockamock Swamp like like, I don't know how many hundreds of years that wall was there, like it was bizarre it couldn't have just been like some random Native American wall that was there um impossible but you know because there was war that was happening in the hokamak swamp back then but mm-hmm. all that lore is like rich in that area and it was really interesting but it's so strange that you mentioned the portal and and people appearing through these like near these rocks because it's like this has been a native american culture for yeah
1: centuries. yeah well in in that that specific netflix series um i think it's called paranormal ranger i mean the the uh, the episode is called paranormal rangers yeah, they they they're from specifically the Navajo uh, Nation, and yeah, they, they said that you know people in the Navajo Nation this is extremely taboo, and I think it's be, I think it's also um, because th- they don't want to like talk about it to feel like they're inviting it either. You know, it's it's almost like okay, we just don't talk about these things, and even though they're reporting certain things, so these guys like just been investigating this stuff for like 30 years and they have just have all of this evidence of all this crazy stuff and the duffer the duffer brothers who did the stranger things show that they are uh, the producers of the show so you know which leads even more into the montauk project because and it makes me want and like yeah it really makes me wonder What they know, because, you know, the the Stranger Things is based out of what happened at Montauk and then they're doing the show and how they present this episode makes you believe after you get done watching it. It's like, wow. You know, they didn't present this in a way that's like, okay, this guy could be a little crazy or something. It's like, no, this this dude has a crazy ass story and all these things were happening to him when he's even got evidence for it. And he's, they end it basically with him, this guy saying, like, I, I believe in this stuff 100%. You know, you can't, you're not going to change my mind because after what I have physically seen with my own eyes. So it's like so crazy. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, um, we're going to need to play, we're going to play a trailer right now to promote our rise.tv platform. That's really where all of our videos and all of our series that Rob and I have done for edge of wonder along with um, other content creators are on our rise.tv platform. So we're going to play a trailer for our next series coming out and then we'll come back and start talking about um, more weird stuff, more weird stuff. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay, was
0: gonna... Lindsay, Lindsay is really not on the same page right now
1: <laughs> So the jersey I was going to mention the jersey devil too well, we'll, we'll talk about the jersey devil briefly For those of you that, that were like wondering what that is Because we're not talking about the hockey team By the way so... What has hooves A goat's head Bat wings And a
2: forked tail It's the jersey devil The mysterious cryptid that haunts the forests and skies of New Jersey. But this beast has a story beyond legend. Locals actually claim to be descendants of the original Jersey Devil. What unexplainable things have happened that would convince anyone this creature is lurking in the shadows? Why were Ben Franklin and Teddy Roosevelt part of the story? What kind of devilish Winged lizard beings are really hiding out in the cosmos. Are all claims of the Jersey Devil just a hoax? It's time to crack open the Edge files and pull out one of our most classified cases yet. As we ask, is this flying fiend real? Find out all about it in Tales of the Cryptids, Episode 2, The Jersey Devil. Only on edgeofwonder.tv.
1: So that was awesome because Lindsay pulled up the trailer for specifically for our Jersey Devil episode. So um, you can find that along with the cryptids of what we did with dragons and mermaids. And um, there's so many of them that we've done now. But um, you can find all of those series on Rise.TV.
0: Lindsay had a little tech issue before the commercial there. She couldn't click it. So Uh. yeah, no worries i told it's her weird. i was like it adds to this episode
1: yeah, it does <laughs> i always think that's funny when those things gotta happen because we we're like sitting here like yeah awkward pause <laughs> but those then it makes everyone laugh so. i sometimes
0: get worried i'm like is Lindsay okay
1: <laughs> yeah plus when you start talking about some of this crazy stuff you know you gotta laugh a little bit um wow I, I'm trying to figure out even where to start with all of this.
0: <laughs> well, you know, um, I could, I could, I could start if you want me to. Yeah, but go I, ahead, Rob. Why don't you start? All right. So, just I've mentioned this before, okay? But it's hard to talk about the Montauk Project without talking about any of its predecessors, and kind of that's that's what's so strange about this. Is I was having this conversation with John the other day about how strange it is that right now we have like this lack of whistleblowers coming forward, like in the, in the eighties and the seventies, eighties and nineties, all of a sudden you had all of these people coming out from these projects, sharing information, writing books, and then all of it getting out there. And we're like, why is that? Like, what's going on? Do they really have all of this wrapped up that tightly that they can, that they can do that? You know,
1: I've actually been thinking this exact
0: same thing recently, but, but with the, with the, 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 the credible sources that we have, or I would say, you know, you judge for yourself whether they're credible. I, I, I can't tell you that, okay? But from the the sources, where, where the guys from Stranger Things and Duffer Brothers got their story was from the Montauk Project book by Preston Nichols. Preston Nichols' story and Al Billick's story, who who actually released a book about the Philadelphia experiment, they they line up almost perfectly. Like, these two very separate guys that you can watch interviews with their stories line up almost identically about kind of what went on, but they're telling these stories from different perspectives. Cause one's more about the project, um, uh, the mm-hmm. Montauk project and one's more about the Philadelphia experiment. Now the Montauk project kind of talks about, it's like, it, it's like a uh, the, the result of all of the stuff leading up past that point. So when you got the Philadelphia experiment and then you, before that, Right. Everything leading up to that was you've got, oh, uh, the the um, Manhattan Project, all of the like project paperclip, uh, operation paperclip happened. The scientists came over and they started developing all of these projects, which eventually resulted in the the Manhattan Project, which had to do with the atom bomb. Right. Even before that, you have Tesla experimenting with electricity and all of the stuff with electromagnetics. Right. So then early 1900s, you have Tesla with the with the electromagnetics leading up to uh, Operation Paperclip in the 1930s and 40s, where all of these scientists come through, get a hold of all of this information and all of the information from the Nazis and start developing all of this stuff. Uh, Manhattan Project, you've got a bunch of weather projects that were taking place at the same time leading up to the Philadelphia experiment where they were really trying very hard to figure out how to create stealth technology essentially but it was not just stealth technology we're talking about them trying to make an entire boat disappear which resulted in a disaster right. where well, you know, yeah reportedly people merged with the boat when the boat reappeared right so the boat oh, disappears oh, for a couple of seconds yep go ahead
1: yeah so what i was going to say is what i was so have you heard of project rainbow
0: yeah I have. That's the weather one.
1: That that so so Project Rainbow. It, it was, that was also one of the weather ones, right? Well, it, it was an experiment conducted with. So this was this is like prior to the Philadelphia experiment. So Project Rainbow encompasses the the Philadelphia experiment, and the 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 original goal of, of look like from Project Rainbow was to make a ship invisible. So they weren't. It was like the cloaking, like you said, the cloaking device, and. According to this website that I found, that was just oh my gosh! There, this is like a, a a wealth of information about about um pro, uh, the uh, Philadelphia experiment and, and just and Montauk Project, both of them because it, it, they tie together as you were saying. But it looks like it, they actually succeeded with right. the Project Rainbow. They actually did make a ship invisible, and and then it, then it kind of reappeared. So then it was That's like the Philadelphia oh. experiment. So they're like, we're going to do this again, which is leading up to the Philadelphia experiment, which then, um, as you were saying then, it, because what happened was they made a ship disappear, but it appeared somewhere else than, uh, than wh- where, uh, where they originally made it disappear. So, they were, so then they're like trying to refine it. And then supposedly with the, re- the Philadelphia experiment, when they did that, this green fog came, and then the first time was a success. They did it again, but only part of the ship was uh, disappeared. And then when it reemerged, that's when all the craziness with the crew and everything else. But both times, it looks like the crew were, were sick. Both there times. was
0: one project revolved around weather. I thought it was Project Rainbow, but I do remember Al Bilek talking about Project Rainbow, and that must have been the parent, like you said, the parent project. To, yeah to the Philadelphia experiment yeah
1: yeah and it was the Elridge that was the ship yes. that was the, the um, USS
0: Elridge ship. that's right yes
1: yeah so um so then what hap- what what looks like how this t- kind of ties into the the um, Montauk project it looks like everything that they were experimenting with there they took all that knowledge everything they did and were like okay we're going to refine this and make it a little better and they moved everything over to Montauk, New York, and the, the um, I think the base is called Camp Hero. Is that right? Hero, yeah, Camp, or camp Hero. It, it was
0: uh, Fort Hero, I think, wasn't it? One of the First two. <laughs> it was, I remember Hero in there, but I think it was Fort.
1: Ah, uh, I just saw it. Oh, Camp Camp Hero. Then, oh, camp. or Fort Hero. One of the yeah, other.
0: It, it's okay. both. Okay. Yeah. Like uh I think Preston Nichols referred to it as Fort Hero. <clears throat>
1: Hmm. Very interesting. So uh, did, did you want did you want to continue on? I'm sorry, I kind of interrupt you there. Well, the... I
0: mean, it's just all of these. So what happens, what I've noticed is that all of these projects they will learn a little bit, they'll push it kind of far and then they'll they'll stop the project and they'll start a new one under a new under a new name that pushes the technology from a different perspective. And Montauk mm-hmm. project was so strange because it was using a lot of information from um, these projects that were developed and that were passed down and like a lot from frequency and electromagnetics. And and they were using the SAGE radar at the, like, it was the only, one of the only radars at the time that had as much power as it had, that could get up into the megahertz, that could you know, that could um, beam the frequency that they needed. I think it was like in there about 240, something like that, 260 megahertz. And this is where they started doing all of these weird experiments to see what they could do to animals, to see what they could do to birds, to see. And then the, the strangest part, Ben, is that they were not just doing experiments with the SAGE radar and the frequencies, but they were doing everything that they could to hook up capable people to the Sage Radar to direct the power of the Sage Radar, so they were they were using psychics with the Sage Radar to do very bizarre things. And what I find strange about this is a lot of times, you know, John and his team will go in and they'll they'll do remote viewing on whether or not this stuff was true. And John's story about Montauk is one of the, his most bizarre stories, in my opinion because Mm -hmm. one day some guy from one of these agencies comes over to him and says hey i want you to look into this and tell me what you guys see he he only gets like a number basically because the guy knows how remote viewing work he gets a number he he sets his remote viewers out and he doesn't know that it's what pro like what operation or project he's looking at he just he just sees the, like what happens and the result, which is basically that scientists th- in their hubris, basically like they had this attitude of like, I don't give a crap, right? They basically blew a hole open in, in time space, which ended up merging some dimensions and it ended up releasing this thing or it like, or these things, it's hard to say, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, and that he, Afterwards, he got back and he was like, hey, this is what we saw. We saw that the scientists did this thing, blew a hole open and this. The, these like other dimensional beings were like. There that they were combined now with our dimension and you couldn't reverse the entire thing. And the, the guy who asked him to do the remote viewing was like, yeah, OK, I thought so. Like that was just his reply. He, like I just wanted to confirm that that was what happened. Yeah. And then afterwards Sean was like that was the Montauk project. He asked me to view cuz he had never viewed it before.
1: That's crazy. That's really yeah. crazy. Wow. And
0: so you know during the Montauk project I mean there was all kinds of strange things happening and what's yeah. even more bizarre is there's photographic evidence of strange beasts washing up on shore on Montauk. Yeah. I mean we're talking about children with bl- like you know children congregating in the middle of 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 montauk and then all of a sudden just being like what happened and and dispersing birds doing really weird things um you know like just all kinds of strange things happening out there and and what's even stranger is that you know how there's like project mocking there sorry not project and project mk ultra right mm-hmm. What they've been what they've been doing, like I said, is combining all of these projects. So you have like them using MK Ultra on people like in these projects so that they can protect the the information of the projects from getting out. So it took Preston Nichols like two or three years to like realize that there was something missing and he started remembering things. Mm -hmm. And then people started approaching him and saying weird things to him. And I, you know, he started like finding ways to get the information out and to remember things. And it was just really, really weird. That's
1: super interesting. Well, in, and going on with what you're talking about, um, like specifically what, like what John was seeing and all these things. So, um, oh, oh but well, by the way, sorry, backtrack what I was showing those photos. We were showing those photos earlier. Those are of Montauk camp, um, or what is it? Hero. Yeah. yeah uh, Ford hero. That's fine. Ford camp hero. Hero. That, that's that. That's it right now. That's, that's what I was showing you this photo. You know, I, I came across this one. I actually don't know what this is, but all of these photos are of, um, are in, of the camp itself, like kind of more recently, you know, obviously after it's been abandoned.
0: I don't remember that. That's my, that's in Montauk. I've that's never in seen
1: Montauk. That I don't know what that is either. <laughs> it looks like no oh, shot. Sure, I'll show it one more time. It looks like it's something, uh, leading underground. I dude, I I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine at this point.
0: Yeah. You know, Ben, what's so strange about the, the experiments at Montauk is that we're talking about frequency being used as the main technology to, 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 to create change. They, mm-hmm. they were, they were, they were combining remote viewing data with the SAGE radar. They were they were finding out information about Mars, reportedly. Um, now, and it was all revolved around frequency. A few years later, what pops up? We're talking about a ten year lapse, and then all of a sudden, or twenty years maybe, and you've got Harp popping up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Harp yeah. is exponentially more powerful. Than the Sage radar, at well, and,
1: th- and that could be why they abandoned Mar- Montauk completely. It was, yeah, they were. They, they found Montauk. new
0: ways to make more powerful things, right? Right. But what you can do with HARP now, like if you compare a satellite that's flying out there in space to the Sage radar that was at Montauk, you're also talking about a satellite being exponentially more capable than just the, the Sage radar and sure. at 260 megahertz or whatever, the frequencies were said to control the human brain. And it, this is not me saying this, by the way, you guys, there are like, you can go on to the metaphysical um, Instagram page and we've cut a clip from one of the guys very concerned he was a child prodigy um i'm gonna have to find his name and maybe actually Lindsay, you can pull this clip up because just watching this clip kind of one more time this is in reference to like both montauk project and harp in a way because of the frequencies it was it was it's dr patrick flanagan his name is and um, this actually this was so sensitive. I had to take this clip down off of TikTok because TikTok mm. was like, this is this is it was too close to mm. it was too scary, I guess. But it was a clip that I found from the 1990s of Dr. Flanagan talking about how worried he was about um, harp and, and what it can do. Um, Lindsay, did you need me to send this to you or can you find that clip for us?
3: I'm looking for
0: it now. It's about okay. one, two, three, four, five, six, six layers down on the page. Um, I can send you a link, Dom, if 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 you can access it on your phone.
1: What's the thumbnail look like?
0: Um, it looks like like um, sorry, one sec. Like there's beams coming down because they're low frequency waves, and I can explain what happens. But and there's a guy that says uh, he. His name's Dr. Patrick Flanagan, short hair, glasses. There, yeah. Episode of Phenomenon: The Lost Archive. There was a episode just about heart. What Dr. Flanagan said blew my mind because physicists and scientists were a lot more actively talking about the dangers of science than they are now.
2: I was considered a child prodigy in electronics. My entire life has been devoted to the study of the effects of electromagnetic energies on the human mind. When I was 13 years old, I invented a device that transmits sound to the human brain using electromagnetic waves. So this is my field. I've been studying this field for over 40 years. And harp scares me because I know what it can do. I know that harp can be used to control the human mind.
0: Point blank. Wow,
1: that's crazy. <laughs> Dude,
0: that after yeah, Patrick that's Flanagan is yeah, thank you, Dom. So like, that's crazy. We're, now we're talking about a very very powerful streams of of frequency being pumped into the ionosphere, right? Mm-hmm. Where where all you need though is like the Montauk Project Sage Radar, <laughs> which is just a fraction. A pathetic fraction of the power of what harp is actually doing the high frequency waves are so powerful they can get up to i think it is a billion watts or something like that that when it beams into the ionosphere you can actually it basically it can be so powerful that no missiles could be launched even into the air surrounding that area it wow. like, they would break down immediately not only that ben yes. that's just one of the the uses the other part of it though is that the high frequency waves create low frequency waves and the low frequency waves resonate with with waves that are in the earth and the low frequency yeah. waves resonate at, at the same resonance that you have with certain rocks and layers within the earth, you can find what's there. You can find water. You can find holes in the earth. You oh, can yeah. find, gold. You yeah. find gold. You can create earthquakes, bro. Because if you're, if these things are, <laughs> dude, it was like all of these guys were talking about it in that episode. And I was just like, I'm sit I'm sitting there watching this episode and I'm like, this is insane. This was like 1999 this was out there i was like how is this show even i couldn't believe it i just accidentally put it on one day and found it (laughs) that's crazy yeah wow
1: well and that kind of gets into uh okay yeah a little more of the reptilian conversation about manipulating and the human mind and all these things so we could start talking about that but we have to um we're yeah,
0: sorry saying, to take over too, Ben. No, I just, no, no, I just just blowing no, my mind. This
1: no, time. no, 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 no. I mean, no, I, you're not taking over at all. This is <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> I want you to. This is great, you know. I, I want you to uh, because yeah, I, I like having more conversation and stuff. This is awesome. So, I just realized what time it was. So I was like, oh, we should play a trailer, and we come back, we can talk more about this. So,
0: well, yeah, yeah. So you guys, if you watch our shows on Rise.TV, you know we're all about helping people wake up to the truth about the world around us, right?
1: Yeah, and it's no secret that we're believers in diversifying our knowledge of everything from mysteries and historical events to modern-day corruption.
0: That's why we're also believers in diversifying our money with precious metals like gold and silver, because why would you ever put all of your eggs in one basket knowing that the world is a constantly changing landscape? I mean, the U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its purchasing power since 1971. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We have episodes talking about that. That's true. <laughs> but when it comes to buying precious metals, you need the right company in your corner. And that's why we've partnered with the top-rated precious metal company, GoldCo, because reputation matters.
0: Yeah, GoldCo has helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. For those with retirement accounts, they're offering our supporters up to $10,000 in free si- silver when opening a qualified IRA account. And for cash buyers, you can get a bonus, you can get bonus silver just for making a purchase. That's all you have to do.
1: Yeah. So if you buy $50,000 worth of precious metals, you will get $5,000 in bonus silver. And if you buy $100,000 worth, you'll get $10,000 in silver.
0: Yeah, so make sure you go to edgeofgold.com quickly to get started on protecting yourself from an out-of-control economy, which we're currently in. I
1: need to say that again. And remember, we don't promote a lot of products, but when we do, it's because it's something we can really use or believe in. Again, that's edgeofgold.com. So thank all of you guys for your support and um, you know being here with us, and we're going to see a trailer right now.
3: Fantastic floods. Creation myths Gods, beings, corruption and the downfall of man. These make up the creation stories across cultures for millennia. But what if the Garden of Eden isn't just a story but a real place on Earth? A great flood, pole shift, renewal.
0: What's super interesting about this is that it seems to suggest a pole shift happened, which reversed the Earth's poles, causing a catastrophic flood to occur as it changed the landscape of our world.
3: Hidden symbolism, a warning from the past, a lesson left for the future.
1: We started by looking into a weird question. Why do we see so much serpent, snake, and reptilian symbolism in our modern culture?
3: Journey to the Garden of Eden with Edge of Wonder.
1: I just love that trailer. So awesome.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of funny comments over here in the chat right now.
1: <laughs> I haven't really. Oh, really. That's funny. <laughs> um. All right. Um. I guess we can kind of start talking about uh, all this.
0: And you, you want to talk about some reptilian stuff, right?
1: Yeah. So, okay. So this is really interesting because everything you're talking about, you know, what happened at Montauk and everything else. So, um and i've been really kind of going hard on like i said in the beginning of the show kind of researching reptilians well so there's this i get this i don't really even know how what to describe this um Lindsay or Don, the, the title of this is called the hammer of time and i found this so there's this site um biblio it's it i don't know i don't know platy something about biblioteca platys it's it's actually like i think it's spanish and but it's everything's in english and they just have a massive list of everything you can possibly think of on this website so this was from an email and the problem is, is that i can't find the original source of this 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 website doesn't write anything. It pulls from other sites and just like, Hey, we found all this information. So I, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, obviously I'm not going to read this whole thing, but what's fascinating is that um, this guy, he starts out, his name is Jem T. He mentions some interesting things. And he talks about like the Dracos of reptilians and how they're kind of like, you know, head of genetics, psychological, um, political, economical, all this manipulation kind of behind the scenes that seems like they're kind of involved with. Mm. But And he mentions that the Earth's electromagnetic grid allows for the possibility of strange temporal manipulations in even alternate time branches. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because when, when you know, thinking about like alternate... Timelines and Mandela effects and all these things—it's like it's something tangible. So it kind of got my attention because I'm like, okay, this is kind of fascinating. And basically, in a nutshell, without reading this whole thing, the guy talks about how these reptilians were were using the Montauk Project to try to alter time, yeah, their advantage. And one example he gives is the assassination of JFK. And he said in another timeline, Kennedy lived. <laughs> hmm. So and you know it's like what's and what's fascinating is that that is one that has Mandela effect, you know it's like is there two is there two or four yeah, people four in the or car in six people on the car? Yeah, so it's interesting because there's a lot of really weird things around, that whole aspect um then it gets into like the Nazis and um you know he writes the human soul can only produce so much energy like the energy grade of planet earth itself the human soul can only exist in so many dimensions at once before it's spread too thin and and it's like the the reptilians if you know if this is whatever from what we know whether it's true or not from what we know you know th- they're they seem to be at the core of trying to control a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. Um, And then he gives this whole story about a specific in in this, this article, I think it's from the nineties like maybe late nineties. And he gives a very specific story of something that happened to him. And he basically says that, he went on this building and they were working on this roof of this building and he climbs up this ladder and his friend is there watching him. And like I said, this is a long story. I'm just going to kind of tell it in a very short, short way. So his friend is there too. He climbs up the ladder. It's somewhere in Evansville, it's in Evansville, Indiana. He gives a very specific place, but he doesn't say what building it is. And while he gets up there, he feels nauseous and kind of dizzy. And then he looks over, So he's at the roof of the building. He looks down and there's all this chaos kind of going on. There's like bodies in the street. There was like some kind of massive fire. There's like um, the army is like in the streets, like vehicles and all kinds of things and everything else. And he's like, what the heck is going on here? And he sees this, this reptilian standing there about ready to like do something. And he said, he just feels this like massive amount of hatred and anger And without even realizing it, he just kind of lashes out at the at the reptilian and kind of like grabs him. And the reptilian kind of laughs at him, saying, like, what are you trying to do? You know, and he's like, you really think you're going to hurt me or something? And then he's like, oh, yeah, this 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 proves that you're you're you are, you know, trying to do something bad. So they're like fighting. And and he said when he grabbed his neck, he actually cut his hand on the reptilian's neck. And the reptilian threw him down and it was about right. And it's like started jumping on him and they started fighting and he was on the ground and he looks over and there's a, the reason why this is why it's called the hammer of time. He looks over and finds a hammer that's just conveniently laying on this, like uh, inside this thing. And he grabs it and he hits the Draco with it. And, and he says he, he killed it. Eventually he just starts hitting it and beating it. And he says it bleeds just like we bleed. And he it is dead. Then like he's looking at everything that's going on. And then he climbs back down the ladder to tell his friend what happened. And then his friend's just standing there. And then he, and his friend was just like, and he said, wait, what? He, he's like, how long was I gone? And he said, what do you mean? You just climbed the ladder and you just went back down the ladder. And, so he looked down over the edge and like everything's back to normal. Like there's there's no like fire or all these, you know, everything's like totally normal. And supposedly this happened in like '97. And so he believed that somehow maybe this this like reptilian thing happened to come back in time at that moment when he was like doing something and got caught in this like temporal time loop warp thing. And this reptilian thing was going to supposedly like detonate something to like, cause massive destruction in the area. and And he like, if he killed it, then it stopped it from happening. Then, um so then he grabbed the hammer and he went back up there, and he put the hammer where he found where he was like where he pulled it out. And he's like, "I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know how this works, but I'm gonna leave this hammer here. Uh, just in case <laughs> if this is going to be me in the future that needs it. <laughs> so, That's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, and it sounds like a crazy story. And it's like, okay, you know, most likely it's probably just a story. But it does go into very specific things about, about time. And then it gets into the Montauk project and how um, – gravitational field works in how like you know all these things about like the reptilians know where on i mean this is according to what he's saying where on earth there are certain anomalies or certain things that you that could be manipulated to use this as
0: a way to travel in different time periods you know what's really weird ben i think I think the scientists talking like CERN and all of that stuff, I feel like the physics that they're trying to, to jam down our throat, make it appear like a wormhole is an extremely impossible thing to create because you would need a mass. So, so incredibly strong to be able to produce a wormhole. I think that that's, entirely a psychological operation because because there are natural things around us that manipulate time and space there are mm-hmm. like dimensional like warping all around just based off of electromagnetics that are happening all around us and this is why tesla's technology was so extremely suppressed is because using just basic electromagnetics which is so power, like electromagnetics themselves are very, very powerful. You can create those conditions to manipulate gravity, space and time just in your house, basically. So how could they let that out? Instead, we're like, oh, well, yes, if you know, if your mass is blah, blah, blah. And you're now you're starting to manipulate all of these like tiny little particles in order to create all of that energy to do that, which, you know, probably that's another way of doing the same thing. But Yeah, I think that that makes total sense what you're saying, because like, look at the mystery spot in San Jose.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that proves it right there. There there's
0: there's something strange going on below the Earth, potentially there that's generating like a strange anomaly with gravity. But what you have to understand is if gravity is manipulated, time then is also manipulated because they're they're tied in. Now, whatever you want to call gravity, the theory of gravity is a limited theory. Like everything is a limited theory, but whatever that is, is being manipulated. So time then is being manipulated and no one is digging into it. No one's really digging into that whole thing to try to understand it. Why they've, they've literally built, like they've made it into a a clown house, basically. That's like built weird for you to feel stranger when you go in and you go and visit it while you're on a trip and uh, no one understands it, but scientists aren't studying it. Like, you know?
1: Well, and it, it, it's so fascinating because this this kind of goes along too. So there's this other thing i found related to all this. So it seems that also how the Montauk Project and the um, Philadelphia Experiment were connected because – okay, oh, let me read this first. Yeah. So this guy, Peter Moon – and I'm not 100% who this guy is, but he say, he says, over three decades of secret research in applied technology in, insured Experiments were conducted that included electro, electronic mind surveillance and the control of distinct populations. The climax of this work was reached at Monshawk Point in 1983. It was at this point that the Monshawk project effectively ripped open a hole in space-time to 1943 which is when uh going back to the Philadelphia experiment so it's like they're the two are connected not only in research and experiments but also through time it's like they that's were crazy. they through the montauk they were specifically trying to
0: that, connect. Might been, that might have been in the book i can't remember but that's crazy
1: and then what you were saying with harp this whole thing goes on a particle accelerator is claimed to be used for powering particle beam weapons and radar systems, as well as HARP like transmissions of high powered radio frequencies into the ionosphere.
0: That actually could be true. That could be more of a power thing. But you know what's strange is so for HARP, one of the reasons why I think, well, there's a few reasons that it was in Alaska but I believe that they found almost like an entire mountain size portion of natural gas reportedly that they needed to do something with. And so they, they, they used it to experiment with harp. If you have to create that amount, think about how much gas that is. It's like endless. Yeah. gas, yeah. right. And there's tons of gas like that. No, it doesn't don't listen to what the authorities are telling you. Like there's tons of gas like that out there where they're so finding true. and trying to figure out what to do with it like they can just pump it into this experiment that they're doing or whatever. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's say you're, you don't want to use gas. Well, what else are you going to use? A particle accelerator. will do it, you know, like, or, or nuclear type of technology. Yeah. I mean, and, wow. and what's so strange about harp. I'm sorry. What's so strange about CERN too, is, is a lot of people don't really, I was trying to figure out like if whether or not harp, I'm sorry, whether or not CERN was actually a weapon. And if you look at a rail gun, what a rail gun is, it is. It could be used, it could be used as a rail gun and 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 it's all there. I mean it, it could so be
1: a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, on, on most of these projects, they're not just trying to achieve one thing. They're experimenting like with true. a wide variety of things to learn yeah. more. You know
1: and, and the other thing too is is that scientists working on these projects may not even really know the truth of what they could yeah. be Really working on you're you know, so right,
0: compartmentalization, right? So,
1: right? Yeah, so so it's like you can't just say everybody who's there, or you, you know, or, or people that were there, would be like, Well, I work there, you know, it's crazy, you know, but but it's like you just don't know a lot of things, or who else is using it, or or what's really going on in other dimensions is the other aspect of this, and um, you know, and you 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 might you made me remember something too, so. Arizona Wilder she was the she was the one like how the shape-shifting reptilians kind of came about was through yeah, Arizona yeah. Wilder. She was interviewed through David Icke and there was like a three-hour interview where she goes into everything about this and she mentioned specifically that some of the former Nazis were actually rep- reptilians in human form like some of the high-level Nazi people and she mentions that they were recruited for um, operation or project paperclip or is a project operation paperclip or project paperclip. I always forget which one it is. So it's kind of interesting because again, and then then like world war, there's, there's a lot of like weird things related to this. You know, it's like world war two is a really big, massive, control factor, whoever won that essentially, you know, it, it's like whatever side won World War II would dominate the rest of like the future of Earth. Right. So it's really interesting because we keep thinking we won that war. But then when you look at Operation or Project Paperclip, God, I always forget which one it is, but uh <laughs> Operation Paperclip. And see how all these, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, we brought over the Nazi scientists. And like, dude, you, these were like not scientists. These, these were like one step below Hitler kind of people that that were doing all kinds of crazy experiments that, you know, like Warner Von Braun, who's now who became the head of NASA. And then all these different organizations, they were at the top level. So the question is, did we really did we win World War Two?
0: Regardless of. Regardless of, of of the Nazis and Hitler and stuff, I mean, look look at exactly what happened. The resources were split up between yeah. the Soviets and the and the Americans, and then it it was like basically the Soviets and the Americans battling it out over the next several decades, and or collaborating on stuff together.
1: I know, man. Yeah, they
0: were like there was actual collaborations going on. Like tr- somebody try to explain that to me. Like, what? Well, I don't. What is? I don't get it. How is that <laughs> a thing?
1: Yeah, and and I think if you're, um, you know, if if you, if you kind of laugh at the idea of like you know the reptilian aspect, I, I think once you watch our next series that will come out in the future, I, I you, it might change your perspective. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> found a lot of weird things. They have very credible sources. I'm not trying to say like shape shifting reptilians or anything, but uh, who knows? You know, at this point, what technology exists and different timelines. And
0: what I can tell you that's strange is that Hitler was reportedly sleeping next to a, like, one of Helena Blavatsky's books. Mm -hmm. Helena Blavatsky claimed that there were races of reptilians living beneath the tunnels in Tibet. Oh yeah. Hitler was obsessed with going to Tibet to find the Aryan race in the tunnels beneath Tibet. He was good. Why was he in Tibet? He was there. Why was he even in Antarctica? Right. Why? Why? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying any of that is true. I'm just saying it's bizarre. And then you're telling me like, maybe some of these Nazis were, were reptilians or whatever. I just think, that just knowing that all of those things were there and that there's this claim is just bizarre. Right. Right. Like, right. And, and then we don't know, but it's right. weird.
1: And, and even world war one, you know, we found out, I mean, it's like, you know, he keep bring up the Mandela effects, but all these, this whole topic kind of goes along and, and it kind of shows more proof that these things are real because now it's like the timeline changed where the Germans bombed us in New York, and that's what destroyed this part of the Statue of Liberty. Which even history teachers—I've talked about this with—you know—they don't remember this. <laughs> right. So, right. So it's like you know, and, and then it, then it, and then the question is like, who's really changing? Is well, then it kind of goes back to like, could you know, it maybe it is possible if these reptilians are real and they've. You know, that could be why Hitler was obsessed with the technology. Maybe they were the ones giving Hitler this technology. Maybe that's where they were coming up with all these experiments. But the thing that's insane, this is now 80 years ago. I know. It's like, that is a huge amount of time in, in, in the tech world. <laughs> it's like, might as well be 800 years. <laughs> so it's like, what? And, and,
0: and even when you find out, When you go back and find out about how advanced the Nazi technology was, it's insane. It's insane. Imagine what's going on now. And then, you know, you sit back and you're trying to figure out, well, why haven't any whistleblowers come out? There has to be a trillion times more control over that than there was in the 90s. There just is. There has to be. There's there's stuff in place for people to not come out on sensitive things that really we would love to know about. Yeah, I, I would too. And you know, then there's a lot of like a lot of honest guys out there that just won't talk. Like they've signed stuff that it's confidential. They won't. They'll take well, it to their grave. You know.
1: And I, I think now too that, um, you know, technology has gotten so much more advanced. I mean, in the '90s. You could you could just go somewhere and talk. You know, people didn't have phones just all the time with them nonstop. You know, so it's like yeah. now, you know, I, I was like ta- literally talking to a police officer and I was asking him questions in New York. This was like a few years ago, and he he just wouldn't really even answer my questions. You know, and he kept he kept looking all around. He's like, dude, they're watching everywhere. You know. He's like, they're they're listening. He's like, if I say anything, they know what I'm saying, you know, and and even I had a friend who was out in the middle of nowhere and on the ocean in a boat with somebody that he knew that was within the government doing something very specific. And he wouldn't even talk about it, even even on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And all he said was that they're still listening.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, but think about it, these experiments that they've been doing like harp, if the frequencies are all around us all the time, and you've got technology, that can pick up on anything. And, and there's these waves that are passing our bodies constantly. It's picking all of this stuff up. It doesn't matter if you're what part of the, the world you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, never mind the fact that satellites have the power to read your heartbeat from wherever you are in the world.
1: Yeah, I know. this and, and is they... true.
0: That's not, that's real.
1: Yeah they said they can even identify people through people's heartbeats and satellites now. So cuz your heartbeat is is even more um unique than your
0: fingerprints. So. Not all dead. We should be dead. Like this is too weird. Like all of this stuff is too weird. Like how how have we not blown ourselves up yet?
1: No I know. Seriously. <laughs> Divine influence, that's all I can say. You know, it's the only thing yeah. that makes sense to me. Um Wow. Yeah, man, we're, we're going to have to jump off here. There, there's like, we're going to have to get into this on an, an another show, but there was all these questions that I found specifically about the, um, the Philadelphia experiment. And like, for example, did the Elridge really teleport over um, like, you know, 400 miles in a blink of an eye. And then it's like all these questions are asked and then there's very detailed information to try to provide evidence of how this was either one, how it's possible or two. Um, here's a, here's like a, a story to go along with this that could provide evidence to show that this really actually happened. But it's so it's such like this massive rabbit hole. Cause there's just unlimited stuff on this website. And I'm like, Whoa, this is too much. So we'll have to cover this another time or, or do an episode about it. So it's pretty yeah. interesting.
0: We just keep this conversation going if you want.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you you mean right now, right?
0: No, I mean no. I mean next week. Yeah, Yeah, we can do it
1: next week. I mean, there's so much to talk about on this, and there's so much that I'm finding. And like like I said, that website is is a plethora of information. So um yeah. But um, so you guys we're we're about ready to uh jump over to rise.tv or our our own platform now. So we're, we're going to end our streaming here, Um, but come back over to join us for nine 99 a month. And um, we have all of our hard hitting content over there for all of our subscribers as well, as well as our um, hundreds of series that we've, we, that we've done. And um, yeah, and during every live show, we have a Q&A where you get to ask us your questions and we will we will be answering those. So come over uh, to rise.tv to see all the awesome and cool stuff that we're going to be doing. And we'll still continue this conversation over there, too. So
0: come chill out with us on Rise, people. We'd appreciate it. Um, keeps the lights on and uh, keeps us doing these this research um, and sharing all of this stuff with you guys. We really appreciate it.
1: Mm -hmm. And please subscribe to our channel wherever you are watching us currently. So thank you guys.
2: A tunnel. A bright light. An out-of-body experience. We're told death is the end. But What about people who came back from the brink? All around the world, people report near-death experiences. Strange phenomena, divine beings, miraculous stories of the impossible. Back from certain death and decades of scientific research into it all. What's so big that it could be the breakthrough of an age? How are consciousness, the brain and the soul intertwine? Perhaps the great beyond is closer than we think. It's time to get into the undisputable patterns, capturing the attention of scientists, doctors, atheists, priests, Moms and pops. This is bigger than we ever could have imagined. Near-death experiences, part one: amazing stories of the afterlife.
0: All right, let's head over and uh, check out some of these questions.
1: Mm -hmm. Um.
0: See. Let's uh, let's keep all the information in here and just copy it over for next time we talk about all this.
1: That sounds good. There's so
0: much in here that we didn't even talk about.
1: Yeah, I know there was just too much to to go over. You know, so. Um. All right. Just Jane is asking, do you think Dogman or other cryptids could possibly?